Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second season of For the Love of Books podcast featuring Indian small press authors with host Emma Polova. I would like to thank our sponsors, Doc Chavant and The Low Ledger. Today, I will be talking about my brand new book, Hot Off the Presses from the Shifting Sands series, The Lost Town. Actually, it has just arrived at my doorstep just in time for Once Upon a Book Signings in Frankenmuth. It is the third book in the series, which started in 2017 with a short story anthology. I'm an author and a reporter for The Low Ledger and a proud member of the Upper Peninsula Publishers and Authors Association. I will announce the details of my, my book giveaway, The Lost Town, after the reading. The Lost Town is a historical fiction novel set in the ghost town of Singapore, Michigan. Yes, believe it or not, there was Singapore in Michigan. It remains unknown how it got its name, but it definitely inspired me some decades ago as I read the green historic marker in front of the Sagatuck City Hall. I found the story fascinating for many different reasons. And I will read a section from the historical marker. Beneath the sands, near the mouth of the Kalamazoo River, lies the site of Singapore, one of Michigan's most famous ghost towns, founded in the 1830s by New York land speculators who hoped it would rival Chicago or Milwaukee as a lake port. Singapore was, in fact, until the 1870s, a busy lumbering town with three mills, two hotels, several general stores, and renowned Wildcat Bank, it outshone its neighbor to the south, the Flats, as Sagatag was then called. This is my second historical fiction piece after Silk Nora in Shifting Sand Secrets. They share the same common elements. I always weave the characters into the historical setting and era. Most characters are fictional. Some are modeled after real persons and some I kept the same, such as a Shia Wilder who truly founded Singapore in 1836, along with the New York and Michigan Company. The protagonist is beautiful Miss Ida from Chicago. She travels to Singapore to become the mistress of the big house, which was a boarding house in Singapore. Her boss, Mr. Bosch, is an entrepreneur from New York City. What fascinated me the most was the historical fact that there was a Wildcat Bank in Singapore, which I've never heard of before. Originally, I wanted to write a short story only about Singapore, but once I found out about the Wildcat Bank, I knew this was big and I wanted to do the story justice. So I switched tracks from a short story to a full blown novel. The major takeaways from this book are the little known historical facts about Wildcat Banks and the ornate Singapore currency that is still at the Sagatuck Douglas Historical Museum. The bank was moved from Singapore to Butler Street in downtown Sagatuck. The story plays out on the backdrop of progress in transportation from steamers, horse-drawn trains to steam trains 
and railroad hotels like the Grand Hotel on Mackinac Island, which has recently been voted number one island in the USA. All that remains of Singapore now are the singing sands of the dunes. Just like my fellow guest authors, I have to share the most bizarre or interesting thing that has ever happened to me during an in-person author event. It happened last year at the Island Festival in Grand Ledge when a girl rode around the island in a golf cart four times to find me because she fell in love with the cover of Secrets, which is an optical illusion. So much for don't judge a book by its cover. I'm excited that the Lost Town books are here for Once Upon a Book signings in Frankenmuth on July 23rd from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Make sure you stop by at the Bavarian Inn Lodge. I will have several book signings until the end of this year, including one in Salisburg on July 30th, Holland on August 6th, and Paradise on August 19th through the 21st. Now I will read from chapter five, Mistress Ida and Ellis Island, when Ida arrives in Singapore, Michigan. Ida assumed her role of the mistress of the big house with the elegance of a true lady. She had her own reception office at the main entry to the big house with more ships coming into the harbor as the steamship navigation on the Great Lakes increased there was an influx of immigrants from Europe who came on steamboats via the Erie Channel. Ida boarded the Hollanders who landed at Singapore against their will on boats trapped by the slushed ice accumulated at the mouth of the river. They found work at the sawmill and stayed for a few months or some for a few years. In the evening, Ida liked to watch the Hollander men in the sitting room, knit, as well as the women. On Sundays, she heard them sing and worship together from their basement room in an unknown language. They trekked the Atlantic waters from Amsterdam to New York, boarded a steamship to Milwaukee and a scow back to Flats or Sagata. In her free time, Ida read books as she was hoping a school would open in Singapore soon. Once, while looking for a teaching book, she found the papers from the Harbor Master's Journal. The yellow papers had both cross-writing on them and nautical symbols and lines. Ida sat down at her desk and tried to decipher the various symbols. She moved on to the pages with cross-writing and scribbling of all sorts. It could have been written in the language of the Hollanders, but the light was dim. She knocked on Mr. Bosch's office door and entered with the yellow papers in her hand. Ida took a seat across from Mr. Bosch, who appeared busy leaning over the desk, looking into some books. He glanced at the young woman and looked back into his books. Then he straightened up and leaned back into his chair and closed the books. Outside, the waves were roaring and they were they both could hear the clip-clop of the dray horses bringing in freight from the harbor. A busy day out there, Miss Ida? He asked. Ida blushed as always when Mr. Bosch spoke to her. 
It could have been from the trip to the store in the winter chill and the wind coming around the sand hill. Have I been neglecting you for my company affairs, he said, with a slight smile and a twinkle in his deep brown eyes. Mr. Bosch also straightened his jacket and touched the buttons. I deeply apologize for that. He rang the bell to get Mrs. Fish's attention. To his surprise, she immediately opened the door. She was standing right behind it, eavesdropping. What a coincidence. We will have tea and coffee in here, he said. Tea for the lady, strong coffee for me. Do not disturb us. No one is allowed in, not even Oshia. The smell of fresh fruit, raspberry tea filled this gentleman's office. The full teapot was on the nearby hutch close to Mr. Bosch. Ida watched the snowflakes outside, not knowing what to say or why she came here in the first place. I trust that Mrs. Fish took good care of you and taught you the business of being a mistress, he said. We have a full house and money coming in. I'm very happy with your work, Miss Ida. Mrs. Fish was standing behind the door eavesdropping on the conversation, but she was disturbed by someone entering the hallway door, she whispered. I need room and board, a young man was standing in front of the reception desk. I will get you the mistress, she said. She went back and knocked on the door despite the warning of no disturbing. Mr. Bosch got up and opened the door and stepped out into Mrs. Fish's face. I said, no disturbing, not even a Shia, he raised his voice. What does he want? Mrs. Fish's hands were sweating even though it was cold in the hallway. It's not a Shia, she said, scared. Well, then send whoever it is away, he said in a high-pitched tone. We have a full house. There's no room in here for any more bodies, alive or dead. Send them away. Ida could hear the rush steps and a loud exchange in the hallway between the two. Then a slam of the door and shouting. Mr. Bosch sat back at the desk and straightened his jacket again and ran his right hand through his thick, almost black hair. Sorry about that. I thought it was a Shia, he said. We're in the midst of important company business. What is on your mind? Ida paused a bit and then handed the yellow papers to Bosch. He looked at the cross-writing and the nautical symbols and shrugged his shoulders. I have no idea what this is. He handed the papers back to Ida. Where did you get that? I found it in the library in my room, she lied. Mr. Bosch smiled at the young woman, all blushing, as she took the yellow papers back and stuck them in the pocket of her yellow house dress. We'll go for a ride tomorrow. It's Saturday, he said. We've been working hard, both of us. I will ask Mrs. Fish to fill in for you. I want to show you a few things around here. I want you to feel comfortable and at home here in Singapore. And now I will announce the details of my book away of the lost town. The first person who emails me with the subject line podcast giveaway will win a signed copy of the lost town. My email address is emmapolova at yahoo.com. You can also go to my website, emmapolova.com for more information. Please email me if you would like to be a guest on my podcast show and for updates. You can also subscribe to my newsletter. My parting shots are buy indie, read indie, and write indie. 
support your local authors and independent bookstores. Read your local newspaper for inspiration and keep your fingers on the keyboard and your butt in the chair. Thank you for listening and see you in Frankenmuth. Goodbye.